Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast with John Atkins. Welcome, fellow tailgaters, to another episode of Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast, sponsored by Carla Brand Music. Go to carlabrand.com slash uketeacher for a 10% discount on anything on the Carla website. As ever, a big thank you to Carla for making this podcast possible. Not only have they provided me with a whole bunch of awesome ukes over the years, but they've also helped me meet a lot of great ukulele players as well, including this week's guest, Anthony Kauka Stanley, who I met at the Carla stand at NAM last year. And what a sweet guy he is. As well as being a ukulele virtuoso, Anthony is also an incredible hula dancer and has been a musical director at Healy's Polynesian Review since the age of 15. I spoke to him after he came off stage at NAM, and we chatted about music, dancing, life on Hawaii, growing up in a very musical family, and his current project, The One Island Band. It's not a long interview, so I won't go into too much detail here, but suffice to say that Anthony was an absolutely top guy, and I hope I'll get the chance to hang out with him again properly at some point down the line. After the interview with Anthony, we will also be having the first of our uke story. Ukulele history, uke story, uke story, get it? Uke story? Maybe it needs a better name. Can you think of one for me? Anyway, we will be hearing from you the first of our ukulele stories, ukulele histories, uh, as a few of you have already started to send me information about some of your favorite ukuleles, and I want to share those stories with you, the rest of the listeners. Uh, all that and more coming up on today's episode of Ukulele Tales. So without wasting a second more, let's jump right into my conversation with Anthony Kauka. So my name is Anthony Lee Kauka Uluole Stanley. And for short? Um, for short, I'm Anthony Kauka. Kaluka. Uh, K-A-U-K. Kauka. Kauka. Kauka, yeah. Kauka. Yeah. Cool. And does that mean something? Yes, yes. What does so it mean? So in the Hawaiian language, Kauka Luole was actually a kind of famous old legend. He was a fearless warrior. He wasn't the biggest, the strongest, the fastest, but he somehow always found out a way to protect his family. And so for that, the term Kauka Luole also means fearless or dauntless. Yeah. But in my family, of course, the way how I process that is, it's not like to be Rambo, that kind of fearless, but... I was raised to be fearless is to be loved. And so for me, I'm fearless to take leaps because I have a family through virtual, through physical, that I always don't have my back. Yeah, and you're a fearless performer as well. I just saw you out there. <laughs> Brilliant, by the way. Thank you so the much. The dancing was like I, so unexpected, but like really lovely, like really enjoyable. Um, you're a hula dancer, right? Yes, yes. H- how big a part of that, how big a part of your act is hula dancing? Um, so my, my family, uh, my mom, she's actually a kumuhula, that's a teacher. So a Hawaiian dance instructor, right? That'd be probably the closest equivalent to UK. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she started the company uh, 55 years ago. So she's been a teacher with her own company for 55 years, um, based out of San Diego, California. Yeah. Um, and so for me, I was growing up in that environment where I was born and raised on a stage, uh, whether it was dancing, playing, drumming, uh, or doing all of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and you look like you've been playing and dancing your whole life out there Thank as well. You. Is is that 
the, your mum's company. Is that the Polynesian Review? Yes. And now you're a part of that company as well. Yeah, yeah. What, what do you do for them? Um, so right now, since for the, almost the last decade, I've been the, I'm the music director. Um, so I'm in charge of putting together all of our shows, all the music side, as well as also one of the lead male dancers and instructors as well. So Yeah. So you're a dance instructor. Yeah. So you're teaching people how to do it. Yeah. Amazing. Is that all um, uh, hula dancing? So in the hula term, there's hula means Hawaiian physical dancing. Yeah. But in the Polynesian realm, there's you know Hawaiian, Samoan, Fijian, Tongan, uh, New Zealand, Maori, right? And all the different forms have different language, different dance forms. Um, but to say hula, it, I'm actually saying yeah, all the Polynesian dancing. Okay. Um, and yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I teach that, I instruct that, but for me, music, dance, writing, you know, drawing, any form of art, it's all connected. And so, and so, and so it's about be, bringing all the compounded things together to magnify the expression. And how did you get started on the ukulele then? Was that through yeah. your mom as well, or? Yeah, um, I had a ukulele since birth, yeah. or before I was born. Um, right, okay. <laughs> but I didn't seriously start playing until I was four years old. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah, late bloomer. Yeah. Yeah, um, I did my first tour when I was two years old. Um, but really? As a performer, dancer. Yeah. Um, but for me, the most beautiful thing is um, I, I didn't grow up with a, you know, a music instructor, piano, vocal, anything. For me, I grew up on stage and my uncles and aunties were the biggest Hawaiian performers because whenever they would come to California, you know, our family would be the group that would travel with them as the hula dancers. Mm -hmm. So whenever all of my heroes growing up who lived in Hawaii, whenever they would travel to the mainland, to California, uh, we would always travel. And I was a little kid in the back with an ukulele going up to all of my aunties and uncles yeah. who are the biggest people. But to my eyes, they're my aunties and uncles. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just go up playing nothing, you know. Oh, beautiful. But it was just about that connection. And that's one of my biggest things. It's called kuleana. My responsibility is... Now in positions that I'm in, similar to yourself, it's about our ability to give back because that's one of the things I'm really realizing the more and more is music or a gift. It's nothing unless you give. And for us, that's one of the most important things that we can do in this life. Um, and that's what I learned from my mom is the biggest form of richness and wealth. It's not the pieces of paper, but it's the impact, it's the real connections, and it's a positive you know, relationships that you can create. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's where music comes, because I believe music is one of the greatest forms, if not the greatest form for connection. And whether it's verbal or nonverbal through any form, it's all about being able to relate, tell a story um, of vulnerability, honesty, and showcasing that nobody's different from any part of the world, but yeah, we all have something unique to bring. Yeah, and it's a, a universal yeah, language, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, we have different dialects, of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. When you when you sit there, no matter what instrument, no matter what it is, you see somebody expressing themselves, opening, giving a piece of them, and showing something that nobody else can take away, that every day they can work on growing. That's really beautiful. And yeah. For me, that's where um, recently, so I have of course uh, a band, right? One Island, the band. Yeah, I was just about to ask you about that. Um, yeah. And my other musician, he's one of my best friends, mentors, everything. His name's uh, Kiahi Rosette, and one of the most beautiful voices, talented musicians, everything. But the most important thing for me is it's not about what you do on stage, but it's about what you do off stage. Uh, I try my best to be as good as a person on stage as I, I want to be off stage. And 
for me, it's not about flipping the lens, which I grew up doing my whole life, flipping to go on stage, but being that same person that people can connect to. Um, and yeah, one eye in the band, you know, that's really what our name is about, is of course an island take on a tropical lens, but really every single continent, every single landmass is an island because we're all surrounded by water. But in our eyes, it's all about bringing everything together. That's why uh, when I just played, we played Hawaiian music, you know, jazz, funk, everything. Because although I like to be, yeah, we're, we're labeled in the Hawaiian hemisphere. For us, all music is what we love to yeah. do because we are all things. I'm Hawaiian, Mexican, Greek, Chinese, Irish, Spanish, German, and Cherokee. And that's and you. That's just yeah. me. And because yeah. of that, you know, uh, I realized, man, at a young age, of course, I had kind of conflicts of being this and being this and not being enough, I felt. Yeah. But then I flipped the lens. That's the most important thing that's, that I learned through music. It allows you to find yourself, allows other people to find each other. And for me, that's what music gave me. But I understood I don't have to be this or this because I am all of this. So why can't I connect to everything? And that's what can put me in a position to connect. And oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's one of the, the reasons why, I mean, music is a gift. Um, but like I said, it's only a gift if I, if I share it. Yeah. And, whether it's through performance or recently um, in San Diego, since I haven't been on tour since the pandemic, um, I've been doing a lot of teaching uh, from before I only did professional clientele, uh, but in San Diego through a nonprofit called Center for Music, um, I began instructing um, since I knew I wasn't going to be traveling every other week. Yeah. Um, and over this past two semesters from August to really June right now, on average, I had right around 750, sorry, around 800 students a week that I would teach um, from, you know, college, university, high school, even down to primary, uh, elementary. Um, and for me, that's where I've been having a lot of growth on my end because I grew up on a stage to perform, uh, but also my mom grew up to teach. And I knew that's something in my path that I always wanted to do, but I, I didn't know if it was just yet, but the silver line that pandemic brought me to was to find just as much beauty and growth and seeing the growth in people that you can create. And I know you can resonate with that as being on a stage that you can see the impact of what you create. Yeah. And okay. so I learned to see what's going to flip the lens and see both as the same. Um, so whether I'm to showcase a performance, to showcase my family, my culture, something I love to do with the people I love to do, or on the other side, I'm meeting people for the first time and I'm the first person in contact for music, the culture, the instrument, and you know, that's, that's a huge form of impact, you know, and that's one reason that, of course, when you, when you reach out to me, uh, I definitely wanted to be in touch because oh, I really resonate with what you're doing and your ability to connect people, whether that's through virtual platforms or in this case, physical. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, it's been almost exclusively virtual until recently. It's yeah. all been sort of YouTube and, and online stuff. But it's really, I, that's something I really want to do this year is sort of get out and about and meet yeah. like people in real life, you know, real people. Of course. And, and sort of connect that way. Yeah. So it's, it's really inspiring to hear those words. Thank, thank, you. thank you so much. Okay, so to just wrap it up, I guess. Um, people, how can people find out more about you and what are yeah. you doing at the moment? You know? Of course, so I recently just started a YouTube channel. Oh, cool, um, okay. Forever, I did things from, I'm trying to figure out the, ways, the best way to say it, but in my family, how we grew up, um, I was taught, I couldn't do anything for the output, right? So everything I had to do was coming from the right place. I couldn't do it for the money. I couldn't do it for anything. And so for myself, I felt like I couldn't, um, you know, I had a hard time posting. 
because I felt I was doing it for the wrong reason and looking for different lenses. Um, but then I, you know, I started posting a little bit a couple of years ago. Um, and then, you know, I had some realizations during the pandemic and that was when I couldn't see people physically. And then I started getting text messages, calls, emails of people that either, ooh, yeah. people that I would either see when I did the shows or for the couple of posts that I did do. And they all told me, Anthony, we need your music. You know, we need this because that's an escape for us. It's therapy, right? And then that's when I started to flip the lens before as I thought of it as a selfish lens for myself on trying to do it for X or Y. But then I realized it's an unselfish lens. If I don't do this today, right? If you don't post this video, if you don't fly out here, have this conversation, who could you have helped otherwise you didn't, right? And so for myself, with that lens, right? Like I said, I recently started a YouTube channel um, and it's my name, Anthony Kauka Stanley. Um, my middle name sounds kind of hard, but it's Ka, K-A-U-K-A. Um, so Anthony, K-A-U-K-A Stanley. Um, or if you just type Anthony Stanley Ukulele, you can yeah. find me on platforms. Yeah. So. But I have a Instagram, which is my first name and the middle name. Anthony, Anthony K-A-U-K-A, yeah. um, yeah. Facebook, any other platform. And you're gigging um, with One Island Band. Yeah, One Island Band. So, yeah. yeah, you can find us on all socials, whether it be Facebook, Instagram. Um, we're also the same thing, starting to open a YouTube channel. Um, yeah. but that's one of the biggest things for me is, yeah, um, a lot of my really close friends, um, and we're going to be one too. Oh, um, thank you. Is in the space of, you know, YouTube and other virtual means. And for myself, I, I never really got into that, um, but it was not because of anything, but it was just because I was always traveling. I was like, oh, I, I don't think I can I didn't have the time, but you always have time, you know? And for me, that's why I flipped it to an unselfish lens and realized it's all about more people you can impact, and that's richness and wealth. Yeah. And it's not this, but every time you do what you're doing, you know, no matter what it is that you're doing, you're impacting people and creating a community yeah. that only came because you created it, right? I guess so, yeah. And yeah. that's where that's an unselfish thing that you're doing. And that's one thing that I've realized and that's why now yeah, I have a YouTube channel that I'm starting to post. So uh, you can hold me accountable on that. Yeah. Uh, but well, I will check that out. I will yeah, check that thank out. thank you. But and um, the Polynesian Review as well, if you're in, yeah. that's in San Diego, right? Yeah, so if you're ever in San Diego, California, anybody, um, yeah, we have a Polynesian dance company. Um, it's called H-E-A-L-I-I-S. So that's uh, Hale-Li'i's Polynesian okay. Review. So dance troupe. Uh, we do Hawaiian, Samoan, Tahitian, Maori, New Zealand. Um, and yeah, my mom is the founder of the company for 55 years. Um, and so part of my job is to wear multiple hats, whether that be a solo musician in my band with, uh, you know, through the nonprofit to teach with the music directing for the company. But what I realize is, is you can never have enough hats, especially if it's all connected to something you love to do. Yeah. And I know we're speaking you know, for yourself, myself. Sometimes what we do is a lot more work than what comes out of it. Yeah. But what I learned is it's about this. It's about the, the input. You do it because you love it, no matter what, it'll always return. Thank yeah. You. That's what my mom is my testament for that is when she started the company, she was only 12 and a half, 13 years old because she moved out to San Diego. And uh, some of the most famous Hawaiian teachers um, gave my mom the title because out here in San Diego, there wasn't representation. So when my family transplanted to San Diego. My mom at 12 and a half started her own business, started her own company, started doing shows. 
and 55 years later, you know, we became what we're doing now. And that's one of my biggest things. I mean, I went to school for business. I went to school for music. Uh, Went to Occidental College in L.A. Um, But it's funny because every time I had business classes, everything came back. Uh, In college, I wanted to get away because I grew up doing this. And, you know, I had a little bit of maybe I wanted a weekend where I maybe got to have a sleepover. Yeah. And I didn't, because every weekend I was performing. Yeah. Right? So I was like, oh, I'll find myself in college. And then I realized I already found myself, you know? And all the business classes teaching me moral, ethical means, invest in your input, everything. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I got to come back. Because for me, I saw something so beautiful that I didn't realize at the time. Like I said, flipping the lens, doing something that you love. And if you invest in it, whether it be your time, your energy, in any form, everything will always work out. Amazing. That's cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's been really amazing speaking to you. Can't wait to check out your stuff. And um, yeah, I hope we'll stay in touch. You know, I hope I'll see you again. Definitely. Whenever you come out this way or whenever I come out your way. Yeah. 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 Anytime you come to England, give me a shout, okay? Definitely. Cool. Thank Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks, man. Thank you, brother. Cheers, man. And I had so much fun chatting with Anthony, and I can't wait to catch up with him again. I'm hoping he can show me some of his moves this time, maybe. He is a seriously good dancer. Um, I posted a few clips of him and his hula dancers on my Instagram the other day, so go and check them out if you get a second. In fact, talking of Instagram, I just set up another account specifically for this podcast, sort of to stop me spamming up my main account, I guess, with stuff about the show for people who aren't necessarily interested in it. So go ahead and follow at Ukulele Tales on Instagram, and I'll post all the main updates and things on there in the future. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did check out Anthony's YouTube channel, and I am so jealous. He has been posting a bunch of short videos recently, and in most of them, he's just sat there on the beach or lying in a hammock, lounging about in the sun, plucking on his uke, and it just looks like he is living such a great life. Don't get me wrong, I'm doing okay here in England, but we are having another cold snap at the moment. And right now, as I record this, I am sat here wearing two sweaters and a pair of fingerless gloves. Seriously, I have got to get to Hawaii one day. I really have. So thank you again to my brother, Anthony Kaoka, for a great chat, and I hope I'll be seeing you again soon. Are you going to NAM again this year? Let me know. And by the way, that goes for all of you, not just Anthony. I'm going to NAM in April. And I've got my flights booked and a little Airbnb sorted. So if any of you are going to be there, then let me know. It's going to be an absolute blast. I would love to meet you and say thanks in person for listening to the podcast. Hey, maybe we could even have a little tailgaters party if there's enough of us. In a second, I'm going to be talking about one of your ukuleles. But first, just a very quick reminder that if you'd like to help support the podcast, check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash uketeacher because as well as early access to the shows and bonus content that you won't hear in the main podcast, including extra chit-chat with Tyler from Ten Thumbs Pro, James Hill, Christopher Davis Shannon, the Banjolele Tin Man, and Abby Lyons, it also helps me to keep things ticking over and continue creating the show for you. But as I say every week, if you can't afford to sign up to the Patreon, don't worry about it. 
For me, the most important thing is that people get to hear these conversations that I'm having and enjoy them and share them with friends and ukulele communities. So if you're a part of any ukulele community or you have any uke-loving friends who you think might enjoy it, please spread the word about Ukulele Tales. It is a free podcast and it is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and wherever else people get their podcasts from. So it's very, very easy to find. Just search for Ukulele Tales. And not many people seem to know, but you can also pop it up and listen to it on YouTube too, if that's something you prefer doing. It's normally up at some point on a Thursday, I think, just after it's come out on all the other audio streaming services. So check it out there on YouTube. Okay, I was chatting with James Hill recently and he gave me a great idea. This show is called Ukulele Tales, right? So it's not just top ukulele players that have stories to tell, is it? I am willing to bet that lots and lots of you guys have some great uke stories as well. A couple of weeks ago, I asked you to tell me all about your favourite ukuleles or a ukulele that was particularly special to you in some way. I've already had some terrific responses. Today, I want to read one that came from Nick DeSanto of Pennsylvania, who wants to tell us all about his daring good time banjolele. He says that he bought it on a whim on a visit to Ithaca, New York back in 2015, and he's had it ever since. And it now holds a very special place in his heart, as you'll hear in a second. He was drawn to the daring because it was so much louder and warmer sounding than the smaller, cuter banjo ukes in the shop. Nick took the banjolele back home with him, where it became a firm favourite in his arsenal. At one point, he says, he mangled the neck trying to adjust the truss rod and had to send it back to the Deering factory for repairs. Ah, you have to be so careful, don't you, when you're adjusting things on your instrument. No matter how little or straightforward it seems, I always like to take my ukes down to my local music shop if I can, just to get a professional pair of eyes and hands to have a look at it for me, because I do not want to run the risk of ruining one of my ukes. Nonetheless, Nick got it back, and in 2019, when his son was born, he took it into the hospital with him. Good grief. And while the nurse was weighing and measuring his firstborn child, Nick had a strange but awesome request. He asked the nurse to let him put his son's newborn footprints on the banjolele itself. And, luckily for us, she complied. And now Nick's banjolele is hanging up, pride of place at home, with two perfectly formed, tiny little newborn footprints on the head, either side of the strings. I think that's got to be a first, hasn't it? Well done, that nurse. And well done, Nick. What a terrific idea. And what a great memento of an unforgettable time in your life. And can you imagine that labour ward? I'm not sure what would have been worse. The sound of babies crying or the sound of that banjolele? No, I'm joking, of course. Thanks again to Nick for sending that story in. And in case you're wondering if it's true or not, he very kindly sent me a photo of the precious banjolele. So I'll pop that up on Facebook and Instagram in the next day or so once people have had a chance to listen to this and you can see it for yourself. Do you guys have a cool story to tell about one of your ukuleles? It doesn't have to be quite so momentous as having a newborn's footprint stamped on it, but maybe you have an instrument that's been passed down your family for generations. 
Perhaps it was given to you by someone special. Maybe it's your first ever ukulele, and even though it didn't cost much money, it's special to you for sentimental reasons. Or maybe it's an incredibly expensive uke that you've had to take out a second mortgage to be able to afford. Perhaps it's accompanied you on your travels around the world. Whatever the story, I'd love to hear it. So send me an email to uketeacher at grabyouryuke.com or you can throw me a direct message on Patreon or Facebook or Instagram with your ukulele tales and we'll do some more of these very, very soon. Oh, and don't forget to send a pic if you can because I'm sure people will love to see your ukuleles as well as hear about them. So if you can include a photo for me to post on social media, that would be even better still. Anyway, what did you guys think of Nick's ukulele story? Pretty unique, huh? Or maybe everyone's doing it and I've just missed it. I've certainly never come across it before, but if you know of anyone else who's got their baby's footprints on their ukulele, then let me know. I'd love to see that. And I look forward to reading out your stories on the show. Seriously, I can't wait to hear from you guys. Anyway, I think that's going to do it for this week. Thanks to Anthony Kauka for the fun chat, and thanks again to Nick DeSanto for the amazing ukulele tale that he shared with us all. Thanks to each and every one of you tailgaters for listening and continuing to enjoy the show, and a big, big thank you once again to our sponsor, Carla Brand Music, for helping to make the show possible. Remember, you can go to carlabrand.com slash uteacher or click on the special link in the show notes for a 10% discount on anything on the Carla website. Like I always say, I love hearing from all of you. So if any of you ever want to send me an email about anything, my inbox is always open and I do respond to every message I get. Eventually. It's uteacher at grabyouryuke.com. So just send me an email about anything and I'll read it out on the show or I'll send you a message back. But either way, I'd love to hear from you. Anyway, I've been John Atkins, and I'll be back again next Wednesday with some more fun ukulele tales for you. But until next time, I love you all, and I wish you the best. <laughs>